Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street, Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel, UMC. And so a couple of weeks ago, I found myself on a retreat, and uh, for the retreat, the main focus was this idea of legacy. And for some of us, when we think of the legacy that people have left us, we start thinking about our parents, our grandparents, those loved ones in our lives, and those things that they have instilled within us, that they have shown us to do. And for some of us, when we hear this idea of legacy, we jump to the idea of what is the legacy that I will leave behind? How will I be remembered? And what will people say was important about me? And how will they view me on, uh, as I go? Will your legacy be something about your family, your professional work, hobbies, friendships, generosity? Or for some of us, sadly, our, the legacy in which we leave behind will be a negative one of our own self-centeredness or a mistake or scandal that we were involved in. Will we be remembered for the good we did for others and how we changed the world for the better? Or will we be viewed and remembered for how we lived our own little comfortable lives focusing on self and, the, and on our quote-unquote own people Ultimately, what we know, though, is that our legacy will be defined by what we are passionate about, by what we live for in the here and now. And so for many of us, we're saying, I want to leave a good legacy. But for many of us, our lives are also reflecting a legacy of we care more about money or our own comfortability or a self-centeredness. We're focused on a politician or a political party that dominates our time, energy, or efforts. Or we're focusing on our legacy on a hatred or a prejudice or a fear towards certain type of people. And we need to really take time and take inventory of our lives to look at what does our life say about who we are. How is it that we are living, and what does that mean that our legacy will be as we go? What consumes our lives here and now is what will dictate the legacy in which we leave. And in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-21, through 21, we hear about the legacy in which Christ left for us, a legacy rooted in love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-21, through 21, we hear this. It says, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, or God for God is love. And so from the very beginning, we hear that the legacy is love. That God left, when God gave us this legacy of love through Jesus because God is love. It is the center of who God is. And so therefore, God gave us love and we are called to go forth sharing that love. In verse 9, it continues, it says, God's love has, was, has revealed among us in this way, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So we hear that God sent Jesus Christ, that we may know this legacy, what love looks like in flesh, and that we may go forth seeking to share that same love. 
In verse 11, it continues, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. And so this is that idea that we may not see God with our physical eyes. We may not be able to actually lay our eyes on God, but that as we act in love, as we continue that legacy of love, that others will encounter God through our actions, because not because of anything that we do, but because God lives in us. And we are showing God to the world, and we are being perfected in love. By this, we know, in verse 13 it says, that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. And so we hear that if we proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are called to go forth and live the life in which Christ calls us to live, which is a life shown by him through love. And therefore, as we do so, we ask God through the Holy Spirit to enter into us and to abide in us that we may go forth sharing that same love. Love has been perfected, we hear in verse 17, among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in this world. And for many of us, we find ourselves thinking, oh, well, I want to live this way because we are fearful of how others may perceive us if we do not live in love. And verse 18 speaks this, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. And so what we do, what we hear in this text is that we ultimately are called to receive the love of Jesus Christ and go forth and share that love, not because we have done, we, we you've done anything to receive, to care, or to earn that love, but what we are called to do is go forth and share that love because we have encountered that love and we want everyone to experience it. And this drives out the idea of what ifs and what may happens if we do this and how people may look at us if we go forth seeking to love. And in verse 20, it says, those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So verses 20 and 21 literally wrap up this idea of how do we apply this legacy. And it's going forth and sharing that love with others. Not because of anything that we want people to look at for us, but because it says ultimately... That if we can't love the people around us, if we can't love our brothers and sisters, if we can't love the people of our world then we, that we see in need and hurting, then we can't love a God that we cannot see. The commandment that, John, that we hear at the end of 1 John chapter 4 is this, that we must go forth and love our brothers and sisters. I love this passage so much because it's a beautiful and simple and it's simple to understand as we walk through as we just walk through this but it's difficult to expand upon it's difficult because it almost it is a complete and perfect thought that God is love God loves us no matter what and God graces us with this love 
independent of any response that we might offer. It's that God loves us before we even make a choice to receive that love. Independent of how we feel about that, God still loves us. But as we choose to receive that love of Jesus Christ, as we choose to accept God as our Lord and Savior, we are called to respond to that gift. And we are called to respond to that gift by loving ourselves and loving others in the same way. But for many of us, we stop short of that. We just say, oh, well, I love, I love me. I think it was Deion Sanders that was quoted saying, I love me some me. And that's what we do. We're all about ourselves. How will loving this person benefit me? We love people because of the feeling it gives us or of the benefit that it may give us of, or being seen by the community as we extend in generosity to others. But what we are called to in our text is to love because God loves us. And the, the truth that this text points to us is that love is not something that God does, but is everything that God, uh, that God is because God is rooted in love and God is love. And God's love is revealed to us in Jesus Christ and that we are called to carry out that legacy of love and how we live in love in this world, in God's creation. Most of us have come to the faith. Most of us have come to know and believe in God's love because someone at some point or another spoke this into our lives. They lived and served as this living legacy for God's love in our lives. And they showed us what true love was about, what sacrificial love was about, that they loved us in spite of ourselves. And they loved us even when it was inconvenient for them. And by receiving that love, we have been given an opportunity in every interaction with others to be the one who helps them to know and believe in, this, in God's love for them as well. To reflect God's love through our own love, a love of both God and neighbor. God's love lies at the heart of our life of faith. It lies at the heart of all of our life. Each day, we are given a choice that we can choose to live out the legacy of love or not. That we can choose, we have the opportunity to choose compassion or not. To choose mercy or cruelty, to choose grace or judgment. We, we talk a lot about God's love. Especially in the church, we talk about, a lot about God's love. We sing songs about God's love about God's love, grace, and mercy. And they're at the center of our Christian faith. It's what we proclaim almost every Sunday. And hopefully as we go forth, we proclaim throughout the living of our lives. But do we actually show that love towards the people we relate to every day? We, are, we're, we're, we find ourselves in belief and faith and attending churches because someone shared this love with us. But are we willing to extend the legacy and share that love with others? And for many of us, we say, yeah, I, I share that love with my family or with my friends. But what about those that it's quote-unquote difficult to love? Because this text is not a call to simply love our biological brothers and sisters. But when it says brothers and sisters, it's those people that are members of the family of Christ. And as we've heard, God loves all people in spite of their actions, and in spite of how they may react to God's love. And so therefore, we are called to love in the same manner. And as we experience this legacy of love, we are called to enter into a relationship with people. And this is where stuff gets messy. 
Relationships are that messy part of life, if we're honest. Even on Facebook, our relationships can get complicated. I, I don't know if it's still there, but I remember that used to when it said relationships, that is you can click, it's complicated. But life is complicated. It can hurt to relate to another human being, to let someone else in, to let our guard down and, let the, and, and be vulnerable with them and let them into our lives to the extent that when we love them and care for them, that when they hurt, we may hurt and that they may hurt us if we let our guard down enough. It can be frustrating and challenging to try to show love. And this is why God's incredible love for us calls us to love each other. Because God's love for us calls us to enter into the messy, complex world of flawed people. Not only to enter in, but to be living legacies of God's love for everyone. To share the same love that we were shown. Christ knew people and loved them anyways. As we hear throughout the text, one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is the woman at the well, that God, that Christ walks up to her knowing her story. As a matter of fact, he, when she says, he goes, go forth and tell your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. You've been married five times, and the man you're living with right now is not your husband. He knows her story. He know, he's in relationship with her, but he doesn't let her story or how people may perceive her or even perceive him for encounter for interacting with her Dictate what he does. He still acts in love of this woman. He, as it says, as she goes on to tell people, he knew everything about me and he loved me anyways. And as we said, we are, we are in the faith. We know Christ. We have encountered Christ. And for many of us have entered into the faith of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because someone showed this legacy to us at some point. Someone entered into our messiness entered into a relationship with us. They saw through our sin, our anger, our hate, and our baggage, and they loved us anyways. Not because we are easy to love. Let's be, all be honest with ourselves for a minute and take a step back. None of us are easy to love because we all come with our own baggage, issues, and messiness. But someone loved us in spite of it. Not because we are easy to love, but they loved us anyways. But because someone once showed that same love to us, this is the legacy that we have inherited and that we are called to go forth and share, planting the seed that will live on for generations. I came across this poem recently that I think shows the idea of legacy that we are called to live and how we are called to love. It says, a descendant drinks from wells he did not dig, but an ancestor digs wells from which he will never drink. A descendant sits in the shade of trees that he did not plant, but an ancestor plants trees in whose shade he will never sit. A descendant dances to music he did not write, and an ancestor writes music to which he can never dance. A descendant is born into a community that he did not create, but an ancestor creates a future community in which he will never live. Descendants, we are all born, but it is as ancestors we must die if our life is to be worth living. You see, we all entered in as descendants. We all entered in and received this legacy, but the call is to go forth and to be ancestors. To live a life that is worth living is to be an ancestor and to leave behind the legacy of love. Let's turn our attention back to that question at the beginning, to ourselves and to the legacy that we are creating. How will you be remembered? 
What are you doing now? What are we doing now to create a meaningful legacy that will endure throughout history and into eternity? Ultimately, there is only one legacy that will last into eternity, and that is a legacy based in love, in divine love, in love of God and love of neighbor, love for one another and love even for our enemies, and especially for those in need around us. A legacy of love is never inward turn. It's never egocentric. It's never self-centered. A love only for those who love us, for our family and our friends, is not the legacy of love. Instead, a legacy of love that lasts is a love for God, which touches and reaches out to every person that we encounter because we are so filled with the Spirit that the Spirit flows from us. And this is what we are called to do. This is what we are called by Christ to do, is to be a living legacy of the love of God as we go forth and seek to share the good news of Christ's love for us. Amen and amen.